Uh, greetings from the road as I head towards work on this beautiful Sunday morning. Um, did I just drive by a sign, by the way? This was not the plan to talk about this, but I just left Star 12 Corner Starbucks um, where I get two, count them, two coffees so that I can be hyped today because I have a long day ahead of me. Uh, half day factory work, half day event work, Brockport Arts Festival today. But as I left 12 Corner Starbucks, did I just, where by the way, I saw the great Todd Youngman inside of Starbucks, shout out to Todd. But did I just see that Brownstein's Bagels is back open in 12 Corners? There's a sign right outside, Brownstein's Bagels, now open, fresh bagels. Brownstein's was a famous bagel joint for years in 12 Corners, and then a few months ago it closed. And now it's open again. And I wonder if it's Itch. That's the guy, Brownstein. Itch Brownstein. I wonder if Itch opened it or if someone bought it from Itch and is running it under the name Brownstein still because figured, well, it's got the reputation. Or if it's like Itch is retired and now someone, I don't know what's going on. But anyway, there is a sign out there that says, now open, fresh bagels, Brownsteins. Hot tip, hot tip, hot tip coming your way. Okay. Um... Good amount of stuff to talk about. I'm in the middle of a busy weekend. My wife and I are living very different weekends right now. I just, uh, she and I, Leo slept in this morning. He didn't wake up until a little after 7. She and I got to spend a good half hour alone just now, downstairs, just chatting over coffee in the morning, which is, like, unheard of. Usually mornings are absolutely terrorized by our toddler. And I love, I love every moment of it. But usually in the morning, there is just nonstop total action happening. Um, and we don't get a chance to just chat. So we just chatted. And my wife is having this amazing week. My wife is going to spend the day today uh, by the pool, right? Uh, she, she Friday night, she went to a concert. She went to see the, the Chicks, as they're known, formerly known as the Dixie Chicks at CMAC. And uh, by the way, the Chicks, the Dixie Chicks are an absolute guilty pleasure of mine. I like all their songs. I love the Dixie Chicks. I think they're fantastic. I have a little connection to them in that um, when I first started in country radio, in radio period, I was in country radio in 2005, and it was right around the time, and I don't remember the exact timing of all this, but it it wasn't too far removed from the time that they basically got canceled because they said something on stage about being anti-war or anti-George Bush or something, and they got canceled, and, like, all country stations were taken. I remember my program director took them off and was like, we don't play their shit anymore. And I remember just thinking, you know, I was young, extremely liberal at the time, and I remember thinking, like, why? We're going to do... We're going to... We're going to jump into this whole cancel the Dixie Chicks thing? But anyway... I love them because here's how I got to love them. A, I think their music's great, but B, Natalie Maines herself, the lead singer of the Chicks, has been a pretty frequent Howard Stern guest over the years, and uh, and she's really cool. She's like really kind of rough around the edges, and um, you know I love the story because I don't know if you know the story, but the the Dixie Chicks existed. Prior to Natalie Maines, it was the two sisters who remain in the band to this day, who you would recognize if you're familiar with them at all. And then they had a, a lead singer, and they had a yet a fourth person who was also a musician. And I believe the fourth musician leaves, and the lead singer they end up giving the giving the heave ho to. And then they hold auditions, 
And Natalie Maines, who's in college at the time, auditions to be the lead singer of the Dixie Chicks, who at the time didn't have any hits. So it wasn't like she was auditioning to be in this giant, huge hit band. She was just auditioning for a band because she was a singer uh, without a band, and they were a band without a singer. So she auditions, and she's in, and the rest is history. You know, her, her voice is now just synonymous with the Dixie Chicks. and, and But the actual Dixie Chicks are the two chicks. And Natalie is, is just a, a, a singer who got the job through an audition. Even though it's been decades at this point, she's definitely solidified. And she's got a uh, great, great personality. And the music is catchy. And yes, I'm talking about even the, sa- the slow songs. Landslide, great song. Listen, I'm not afraid to tell you. Cowboy Take Me Away, great song. Great song. So, um, so she's having a drastically different... My weekend, however, yesterday, I was at the Avon Corn Festival all day working. And uh, I do have a good time doing that. It is exhausting. It's hot. You're talking all day to people, and you have to be at peak personality because everyone you're talking to, you don't want to make a bad impression. So you can't afford to give your personality a few minutes off, you know, because you just, you got to just, you got to be a 10 out of 10 at all times. And also, this particular festival is put on by the Avon Rotary. Now, I'm not affiliated with the Avon Rotary, but I am affiliated with Rotary. So... I, I know a handful of the Rotarians down there, and so it was nice to see them. In fact, the current district governor of Rotary... Oh, wait a minute. I'm getting, I'm getting deep in the weeds here. Let me see if I can explain this. Think of it like a big business, big corporation, and you have your local affiliates, and that would be like Rochester Rotary, Avon Rotary, Greece Rotary, etc., etc. And then you have... The, the, the district, which is like all of New York State, and then you have the area, which I believe is like the entire Northeast U.S., then you got like the zone, which I believe is just the U.S., and then you've got international, which is of course the entire world. A Rotary is an international organization. Well, the current district governor, meaning the boss of New York, is from Avon Rotary, so I got to see her, which was kind of cool, and she gave me a tip unbeknownst to her, a few months ago when I attended a conference on a Saturday morning down in Bath, New York, where I was very excited to try a restaurant that I had never tried because I was going to a new town and I thought, this place is going to have a really great place to eat and I am so excited. But 11 a.m. on a Saturday when this conference got out, that's right, it got out at 11 a.m. on a Saturday, I looked for anywhere to eat and I ended up at a little local sub shop called Subway because that was about the best I could find. Anyway, I saw her at this uh, conference do a 50-50 raffle, and in the 50-50 raffle, she made an announcement where she said, we're not doing that thing where you are giving back the money. If you win this raffle, you keep the money. It's 50-50. We've already taken our cut. You gave us a dollar, and we already did. We took 50 cents out of the dollar you gave us. So no need to give us any more. We want this to be a real, true, honest 50-50. So if you win, you you keep the money. Well, I thought that was super classy. So I actually stole that idea, and I credit her every time that I do it. But I've only done it a couple of times. Most recently, this past Monday, at the Rochester Broadway Theater League golf outing, I was the uh, MC of the evening festivities there. And I there was a 50-50, and I asked the, the board of directors, I said, do you guys mind... 
if I do this thing where I make an announcement saying, hey, look, it's a 50-50. We want you to keep the money. I did, and I can just tell by the faces in the crowd that people appreciate that. Because everyone just kind of expects to to have to give back the money. So I, I make that announcement. I can see that it has gone over pretty well. Somebody wins. They get the money. I leave the stage because I'm not taking their money back because I just made that announcement. Then I find out like a minute later that they've handed the money back. Which two things. Number one, what the F? Come on, we just talked about this. And number two, <laughs> number two, you know, learn the tax write-off rules, bro. Don't give back the cash. Pocket the cash and write the check. You know what I'm saying? Paper trail. Paper trail. Okay. Anyway. Um, so a couple other things from this week. Uh, last Sunday at my podcast, I talked about going to Monster Trucks. And so that was a week ago. It was a week ago today. Feels like forever ago. But we went to Hot Wheels Monster Trucks at the Blue Cross Arena. The glow-in-the-dark Monster Trucks party. Whatever they call it. And... Um, it was a lot of fun. We had gone to Monster Jam in Syracuse the previous uh, of, of a couple of months ago, and that was actually better only because the field is so big in Syracuse. The monster trucks have a lot of room to do their thing. Blue Cross is small, man. Blue Cross Arena is pretty damn small. So, in comparison to the Syracuse field, these monster trucks just didn't have a lot of room to maneuver. They're still able to do some kind of cool stuff. Now, I will say the Hot Wheels had something the monster trucks didn't. That Monster Jam didn't have, although maybe Monster Jam did have it and we just left too early, but they had the motocross guys come out and do tricks off of a ramp, and that was really cool until one of them got hurt, and they and the show stopped while they took him off on a stretcher, uh, which was awful, because especially because I watched the whole thing happen. This guy goes up high in the air, you know, flips around a few times, lands the bike on on the second ramp, and then loses control of it, goes down and kind of crashes into the wall at Blue Cross, kind of on the way, if you know where, like, the garage door access to the outside at Blue Cross Arena is, he kind of crashes into the corner there. And the show kind of stops, and the, the EMTs are working on him, and it's really scary, you know, there's a group of people around him, and they're working on him. And, and the two, they've got, like, these two MCs, Young kids, early 20s, you know, hey, everybody, how you doing? Welcome to Monster Jam, or I guess that's not what it was called, but you know, everybody, hey, let me see which side of the arena's louder. Is it this side? <sighs> All right, that's pretty good. Let's see the other side. How about you guys? Are you louder than that side? <sighs> oh, I think that side's louder. How about you guys? One more time. Let me hear, you know, that kind of shit. And they're doing that the whole time this guy's on the ground. Because they had nothing else to do. The show has stopped, and now the MCs are like, stretch, stretch, find something, entertain this crowd. Meanwhile, the whole crowd's watching the guy on the goddamn floor, and we're, like, horrified. And, you know, there's kids in the audience, and there's, like, a guy in, dressed in like, medical need. And the MCs are going, which side's louder? <laughs> it's like, it's crazy. I'm going, I'm, I want to tell him, I want to go, guys, hey... You know what? Maybe show some video packages. You guys doing all this fake hype right now while someone is on the ground in pain is is not cool. It's not cool. I didn't like it. But anyway, the show in general was good. Uh, so Monster Jam is a brand in and of itself. Obviously, everybody knows Gravedigger, right? Uh, everybody knows a lot of those trucks. Hot Wheels, though, I feel like with kids, Hot Wheels resonates a lot more because, I, I don't know, Hot Wheels' target market is toddlers, right? So, like... That was one thing I would say maybe a little bit better. So 
the show itself couldn't be quite as good because the arena's so small. But also the arena being so small brings a positive as well because when the arena is as small as Blue Cross is, you could sit anywhere and have a good seat. There's no bad seat in there. Whereas at the football arena in Syracuse, you know, if you're in the top, you're in the top. There's nosebleeds. And, uh, yeah, at Blue Cross, like, no matter where you are, you have a good seat. So I've always kind of liked that about Blue Cross arenas. But even when concerts come to town, it's like you don't really need to spring for amazing seats at Blue Cross Arena. You could be sitting in the last row at Blue Cross Arena and have a pretty damn good seat still. And I've always thought that's kind of cool. Anyway, that was one advantage. But the, the Hot Wheels brand in general does it just breed familiarity with little kids more than Monster Jam does, I think at least. Monster Jam might skew just a little bit older. So, there's that. And I, I don't know. I, my observations. Uh, let me see what else I wanted to talk about. Hold on. Let me look at my notes. Uh, I talked about Monster. Oh, my God. I skipped my favorite story of the week. Oh, my God. It's a news story. I don't do a ton of local news. But I read the entire Daily Mail article. Interview with Nicholas Nicosia, the local dentist who was, uh, for lack of a better term, canceled last summer after he and his wife threw a little get-together that was later deemed to be a Juneteenth racist party. Uh, I wasn't at the party. I have no idea what actually went down there. It does sound as though there were some probably pretty distasteful jokes that happened at that party. They were definitely, uh, they had pictures of, like, Rachel Barnhart and Will Cleveland in the crowd. By the way, good for Will Cleveland making making the cut to to still be hated by the uh, (laughs) right-winger. Good for him. Uh, but um, they did have they they. It's been a year since that happened, and now Nicholas Nicosia is suing Nate McMurray. And is it Murray or McMurray? Nate Murray, McMurray. I don't know. And Rachel Barnhart, and um, and and he's suing them for, of course, defamation because they've, according to him, they've just blown this out of proportion. So I think what they basically say, and they, by the way, they leave out the Twitter. The Twitter is my favorite ever. Because the wife, Mary Nicosia, had this Twitter that was that had some very, very racist content on it. And it was straight out of Saturday Night Live last year when they held this press conference. And in the press conference, they're like, we are not racist. We do not do racist things. We did not hold a racist party. This is ridiculous. Nothing about us is racist. Do we have a racist Twitter account? Or I should say, does she, does she have a racist Twitter account? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Does it say racist things on that Twitter account? Sure. Sure. Fine. Sure. But does that make us racist? No. And I love this logic. You know why? Because I'm a fat guy, but in my heart, I'm in phenomenal shape. So I love this argument because I'm going, you know what? Am I overweight and have a big belly? Sure. Sure I am. But does that make me out of shape?